Thank you for tuning in to Richmond Charm Voices podcast. Today, we get an opportunity to speak once again with Danielle Gilbert. Danielle joined us for our Black History Month bonus series, and we had such a great conversation. We have an added bonus for you today. You might remember, but Daniel Gilbert is the founder and CEO of Manifest You Consulting here in Richmond, Virginia. Danielle holds a BS in Business Administration from VCU and two Masters in Human Resources Management and Public Administration from Strayer University. She has certifications from HRCI and SHRM and is currently pursuing her PhD. So, Danielle, today we're going to continue the conversation on diversity and inclusion. And I know one of the things that we've been saying is that to get workplace diversity and inclusion right, we need to create, build, and embrace a culture where everyone feels value and heard. I understand that you have looked at an article recently, and actually an article that was on our SHRM website, I want to say it was an article on site and they talked about six steps for building an inclusive workplace. Um, And it talks about how do you recruit individuals and how do you truly um, help individuals understand what it means to making sure that everyone, again, has a voice. And they give you six practical strategies for creating an inclusive environment. The great thing about being part of a local and national organization such as SHRM, I'm constantly receiving tools and resources. So I love the organization because I recently read where they had six practical ways that you can really create an inclusive workplace. It resonated with me. It really hit home to say, hey, Danielle, not only can you do it your way, you also have tools and resources that literally are very practical to help your clients as you are helping them build an inclusive environment. And the first way that they talk about building an inclusive workplace is educate your leaders, right? So it's similarly similar to what I just said, where I start at the head of the organization. And part of that conversation that I'm having with the CEO maybe the COO, the CHRO, all of those head leaders that give us direction for the organization, I'm educating them to really understand what does it mean to have a diverse workforce, right? What does equity mean? What does inclusive mean, right? And giving them practical tools. And I'm educating them to help them truly understand that it's not just you coming to work and you're greeting your organization, right? But it's also looking at opportunities to making sure that people are making the right decision. They are including others to making sure that they're having a voice when they're having a team meeting. They are truly looking at, you know, open feedback. What feedback are you giving to your employees? And that also ties back into what I said about employee engagement. If you're able to engage your employees along the way and you're constantly giving them feedback, not only do they feel like they belong, but they're also saying, hey, this leader truly believes in my growth and my development. They're trying to help me be successful. So I find it's very important that educate, educate is very, very important. And as you educate from the head, then you can go down to your middle um, managers and then your frontline supervisors, whatever your anarchy of your organization is, you can begin to take that information and help your other leaders make the same decisions that are going to be impactful for your organization. The second practical way is really forming an inclusive council. 
right? So that's literally getting people, um, educating people and bringing almost like, you know, I call it a committee. They call it a council in the article, but it's literally bringing eight to 12 leaders together, right? You know how you have to get that buy-in? And they said, yeah, so that's important, right? You having to dedicate some influential leaders in the organization that truly have the passion and the commitment to inclusiveness and making sure that they truly want it to manifest in the organization. So that's helping them, giving them the tools, right? So we're educating them. We're getting committed leaders to come and form this council. And that council is li- literally is going to be there to help the organization set goals, right? What are some goal setting around hiring, retaining, advancing the diverse workforce, addressing the employee engagement problems? What are the underrepresented groups that are actually um, need to we need to hear their voice, right? Where are they? How can we bring them along with us? And part of the responsibility, as the article said, is that the council would meet quarterly, right? They could meet monthly, but it's really however you want to design it. But I just thought it was very important that they're like, you need some dedicated leaders that can truly come along and help you truly set the goal, right? And making sure that, you know, that you're including everyone in those conversations. Um, and the article, and I would highly recommend, again, you can literally Google, 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 I can't talk this morning, but Google the article and it even go into greater depth about exactly the practical tools. So I'm going to keep going because like I said, there's six of them and I want to make sure that I'm able to share all six during our time together. So and Tiffany, you can stop me. I just want to jump in for one second and just make sure that we share with everyone because we did have a a bonus episode where we talked about employee research groups. And I just want to make sure they understand that inclusion council is different from an ERG because one of the things that you mentioned, which is really, really key, is the, the inclusion council is sponsored by individual executives. And those are typically yes. the ones that um, are not in your ERGs, because ERGs are more of the employment type council, employee resource group. If you can, in fact, get an inclusion council or group or committee going at your company. So that really, really would speak to the culture of your company. And I think Mm -hmm. that 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 says a lot, um, both uh, internal and external for the organization. So that's the only thing I wanted to add. Absolutely. And I think you make a very good point. And the other great thing too, Tiffany, is making sure um, inside of the article, they had an inclusive conclusivity checklist for HR. So it kind of even broke down. Okay. So when you get this council, when you create the council of the leaders, that's not part of the ERG, making sure that the company leaders understand that inclusion is about ensuring that everyone's voice is heard. So it literally gives you a checklist on how you can create this inclusive workplace. And I just thought that was very um, highlighting, just to be able to read that and how Sharon put this little this article together to allow individuals to truly follow a simple, practical way of inc- and making sure that your workplace is inclusive. So good point, Tiffany. The third practical way is celebrating your employees' differences. Ooh, I'm going to say that again. Celebrate employee differences. Mm-hmm. So Tiffany, why do you think I had to repeat that and think that is just key 
and bring that together. Because we missed that opportunity. We do not celebrate <laughs> our differences <laughs> enough. That is the problem that we're facing today. In order to celebrate yes. employee difference, you've got to you've got to accept and understand how we are different. So there's awareness tied to that. Awareness tied to celebration. So yes, it makes my heart just so warm because that is actually one of the important ways to show employees that you respect their background and you respect their differences. And the article even went into talking about you know what about a meditation or prayer room. People who need to pray, different religions that need to pray, right? What about, you know, having a place where people could go and just relax? And we talk about, you know, I remember being in corporate and one of my corporate, um, the companies that I worked for was really about making sure that you allow an individual and you were helping each employee, not just from the physical, but the mental and the spiritual connection as well. And that's what it really truly meant to have a connection or the wholeness of a person because it wasn't about you just showing up to work. There are things in our lives that impact our ability to show up at 100%. So what are we doing from a wholeness standpoint to allow individuals to celebrate their differences, celebrate the things that they are bringing to work, right? Do they have a moment to themselves? You may be a mother, you may be a, a father who is taking care of the kids and you need, you come to work and you still have to show up, but it's hard to show up who you truly are because you have 50 other things on your mind. So what are we doing to enhance and celebrate and making sure that the employees know that we want them to be their best? All right. What tools and resources are we giving them? And that's just not from a computer or the printer. What are we doing for them mentally, physically and spiritually? Very important. The four practical ways. Listen to the employees. Listen. All right. We we sometimes don't listen to understand. We're listening so we can focus on that one key word that someone may have said wrong. Right. And I just don't even think that's in the workplace, but that's even in our family life. Right. <laughs> Outside of work, we're always looking to catch that one word that someone has said wrong. So as employers, as you're building this practical way of making sure that your workplace is inclusive is listen, take it a moment and to really pay attention. If that's um, you may be consider doing a performance gap sur um, survey, not an employee engagement survey, but understanding what are the gaps in your organization? Because you may have other things such as, you know, leadership, something may be a disconnect with the leadership and your assessment could tell you that. Right. And your employees are giving you feedback on how exactly there's a disconnect. So what are the gaps? What are the leadership competencies that may be gaps within your organization? And I bring that up when I think about listening, because as I am educating, teaching, and guiding my, my clients, I always say the number one thing that we need is data. How can you make change changes to your organization if you have no data? And part of the data that I provide is having them take the organization, take a performance gap indicator survey, and it looks at five different competencies and it gives us data around um, leadership, communication, 
And as we go through those competencies, we're able to really identify the gaps. So therefore, me as your consultant or strategic HR business partner, I can help further educate you to say that your employees are speaking up and this is what they're saying to you. So let's create a strategic plan to help you make sure that those gaps are closed. And then we retake the survey within a year to see where we are from a year before that. So, right. Are you, and, and some other thing too is outside of that is making sure that leaders are aware because sometimes employees create, you know, these close knit groups and they're not sharing information within the organization. So making sure that it is collaborative is we're being open. We have an open line of communication among teams when we're working on projects and making sure that everyone is able to truly celebrate and hear, have their voice heard. All right, we're moving along, Tiffany. So we're on the fifth practical way. And the fifth practical way is hold more effective meetings. I hear people all the time. We're just having a meeting just to have a meeting. What value are you adding? What are you doing during the meetings? Right? Are we there to truly have an impact? Are we making sure that diversity and inclusion is at the top of the conversation? And what I mean by that is I'm not saying come to a meeting and say, okay, diversity is the topic we're going to talk about today. But using the skill set and the tools to making sure when you're having those meetings that you are providing impactful information. And for those that are not, um, for example, may need assistance, right? Are we providing the materials, right? Are we reaching out to the teleworkers? Are we rotating the meeting times, right? Are we giving credit when it's due? So we're not just showing up to have a meeting just to talk, but what we are doing is thinking about those inclusiveness elements of a meeting. Are we being conscious of the communication style? Are we having healthy conversations and courageous conversation. So we're creating a mindset that allows us to be open during the meeting. And that's important because sometimes organizations have meetings at the same time or they come and there's no materials that are passed out. So what do you have for those visual learners? Right. When we think about HR, you have your auditory um, learners. Right. What are we doing to make sure that we are including everyone because each person learns different? So that's another part of celebrating the differences in the workplace and with our employees. I recently read an article and actually rolled out this message to my team just earlier this week. One of the things that we can do as far as looking at effective meetings is take advantage of opportunities to consolidate meetings, to be more strategic in our approach on how we're meeting, who we're meeting with, and what we're discussing. And then also so that there's enough time to hear and and share information or what some may call brainstorm open up maybe a brainstorming blackboard prior, you know, prior to the meeting and after the meeting so that we can all, everyone can just get some time, get time, get a moment to share their thoughts and then be able to address maybe the top three or top four and have that ongoing collaboration before and after the meeting so that, again, it, there's more value in that time in which you guys are, are connecting and collaborating. And then I think that's another way of just kind of bringing that inclusion or cultivating inclusion into your processes. 
Absolutely. And one thing that stood out in the article, it talks about, you know, there are going to be stops and starts along the way. And cultivating inclusive is an evolving process with constant moving targets. So you're never done, right? You could create a plan and you could say, this is what we're going to do, but you're never done because you're constantly going to evolve the process. Because remember the goal, you're going to probably need to add different talent, right? So as you're adding new talent to your organization, you are going to constantly evolve the process. So therefore those who are new to the organization can become acclimated to the way things need to be done and making sure that you're bringing them along the way as well. Okay. And the very last way, the sixth way is to communicate goals and measure progress. So what that means is clearly establishing establishing and clearly communicating your goals, right? And we've heard of the SMART um, format, right, where we are really making sure that we're very clear. The, the goals are measurable. They're actionable. They are um, results-oriented. They are time-bound. You have a timeline in which that goal needs to be accomplished. So when the organization says that they want to have an inclusive environment, right, are they conducting an audit of their people, right, from recruiting to hiring to developing and retaining those employees? Are they also making sure that they are identifying any shortcomings, and are they measuring those shortcomings to identify what are the discrepancies, right, around inclusiveness? How are your organization going to fix, right? So we talk about the gaps. What are the gaps? And what are you going to do to make sure that you close those gaps? And also, I remember reading in the article is establishing a very clear business case on how your company is going to benefit from having an inclusive culture. And the article says four things that you should ask. What are your what are our inclusive goals? What are the reasons for those goals? How do we quantify those goals or inclusion, should I say? So how do we quantify inclusion? How would inclusion impact our mission, brand, or bottom line? And they said when you can answer those questions, then you are beginning to speak the language of your stakeholders and you are legitimately building a case for inclusive environment. So those are six different ways on how you literally can create a practical way of inclusion and making sure that you are literally hearing the voices of those that's within your organization. You have the buy-in of your leaders. You are truly doing an audit of your people. You're listening. You're celebrating the differences. You know, put all those things in place and literally do a pulse check. Do a pulse check. See how you're doing in six months. See how you're doing in a year. And remember, you're constantly going to evolve the process. We're not going to just stop. We're not going to start, but we're going to stop. We're going to start and stop. So remember, you're always adding to the process to make it better. Based on what you've shared, I would just say what's really important, if we go back to how we first started this conversation on how we start to promote inclusion in our organization, starting with our leaders and transitioning from our leaders into an uh, extension of leadership, I guess you can say, our executives and, and our executives being a part of that inclusion council or that inclusion group, basically what we're seeing and what we're saying is that we have to set a tone. We have to set a tone to how we work in inclusive organizations. 
and how our inclusive organization is in support of our communities, our communities, meaning our, our people. So what you've done today by going through those six steps as shared with Sherm kind of conceptualized a way in which we can lay the groundwork. Mm-hmm. So those are Absolutely. Steps. Yes. And again, we're not perfect, right? We're, we're, we're not going to get it right the first time. And the important part to remember is that we recognize that we're not going to get it right the first time. However, we have a plan to fix it. We have a plan to making sure that we understand that each person we interact with is going to be different than us, right? So when we get someone who doesn't look like us, we can identify, we can listen, and we can say, this person has a voice just like I do. This person has an opinion that may be worthwhile. So why not take a moment and to listen? What can this person offer the organization? What can this, what skills, knowledge, and abilities can this person bring to the organization to make us better? Right? So when you're at that moment of really taking a moment and stopping, recognizing, being aware, and you're listening, you are truly walking in the path or the journey of being inclusive. That's what it's about, right? It's not about, I got a plan and I need to check the box. That's not what we're doing anymore. Because if we've truly gone based on everything that's happened in our world over the past year and, and years before that, but the last year has been tumultuous where we have really been impacted by a lot of different elements, situations, right? Now is the time that every company, individual, family members, strangers, that we step up and we reunite. And we reunite in a way that we identify and understand that we're not perfect, but we're here to love one another. And if we have different colors all together sitting at the table, imagine how dynamic our world and organizations could be. Yes, indeed. That is a perfect, perfect close to a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to share my thoughts and bringing me along the way as well. This has been a tremendous opportunity to really think about how do we continue to lead the conversation of Black history? What do we do next? And how do we work together? So Tiffany, um, Richmond Sharm, thank you for having me today. Thank you, Danielle. And as always, it's been a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I'd like to invite you to join Richmond Sherm for a panel discussion focused on the importance of creating diverse and inclusive workplace cultures. We will continue this conversation. Our event is on April 22nd. For more information, please visit richmondsherm.org. Thank you for listening.